Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up, yo? What's up, yo? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How, how you doing? I feel pretty good. It's uh, Thursday. It's 3.30. It's Auto Dealer Live. Maybe you're familiar with us. Maybe not. Maybe not. But um, So both of you that are listening right now. You, uh, John which and Jerry. One? Jerry, who's been listening the longest? Jerry. I think John. Hey, Mike, is this new kids in the block? Who you got on there today, buddy? This is Tupac Shacker. Tupac Shacker. I'm going to write that down. Sounds good. I don't know, man, if I want to. I don't even really feel comfortable following Subi. She's pretty good. She's, she's, she's very confident. She is my sister smart. from another mister. <laughs> my like sister from another mister? I don't like that. You know, she, she was the lady in red today. Who sang that song? It was a Christopher somebody. I hated that song, but I'll be honest Still with you. Still do. It's a bad song. It is. But here's the good news. All right. Um, digital Dealer is, what, five days away? How far are we? Five? Tuesday. That's five days. Tuesday. So I'm excited about that, Dave. I um, First one, I'll get to go as a as the co-host. Come on. <laughs> I Boom. want one of them badges, and then I want something also that says talent. Like a, You didn't even tell him, Mike? What? We ran out of badges, so we had to get. Uh, we were able to. Yours won't have your name on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymity, you know. We'll, I like we'll it. actually hand write in Sasquatch. We had already you. ordered. Listen, we had already registered when Cribs was still here. So you have to walk. I'm Dave Cribs. Dave Cribs. I grew. Really, Dave. I grew. Were you? What's up with your thyroid? You're all bloated. <laughs> I've been retaining water. Like I can't tell you. Actually, this is from the Dave Cribs collection. This jacket. You yeah. Like this is from the Cribs collection. It's right next to the Trump stuff at Macy's. Right next to it, man. I am so pumped. I can't. I can't wait till Tuesday. We're gonna be uh, at Digital Dealer, so we're looking forward to seeing uh, all of you, and uh, and and just really getting to meet some new folks as well. So yeah. we're very excited. Uh, jump on Twitter and use the hashtag Auto Dealer Live. Um, if you're not doing that, you're missing in my favorite part, and that's really the Twitter discussion that goes on. We kind of have an online takeover of of Twitter. In at least in this little like you know in our office, yeah, we trend in our office. Yeah, you know, like if you if you drive down the street a block or so, you're not trending, but <laughs> right here we trend, and we have you know a couple thousand tweets a, a week, and just some really good dialogue. Everyone weighs in and pontificates, in the words of my client and friend Brett Oob. Yes, who speaking of Brett Oob will be on the Great American Automotive Panel on Wednesday. At Digital Dealer huh? at 5 p.m. Yeah. Listen, we have got an outstanding. Here's the crazy part about this, man. We have got four owners, dealer principals, that are going to be on this panel. They're going to be talking to the crowd, and they're going to be weighing in on some of the hottest topics and issues that are really, really brewing 
couple of cool words there, brewing, right, in the auto industry today. We have Rick Reichart, John Marazzi, Matt Lasko, and Brad Oob. Tommy, it's going to be good. All in, you know, Dog ballers diggity. in their respected fields or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. You got the number one. Uh, certified pre-owned of all manufacturers in that list with Rick Reichardt. Over 8,000 a year. Uh, that's a lot. And then you got Matt who does a kills it with Ford certified pre-owned. Then you got Brett who kills it in Louisiana. You got just John who kills it. In, John who kills it, it, it right down the road here. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's going to be crazy. And speaking of that, we have a couple of these guys are going to be stopping by today. Today is a seat at the table, Tommy. And what's a seat at the table? Well, what, You got a seat at the I table. I had a man. seat at the table, but it was always the kids' table because <laughs> – they didn't have room at the big table, right. and usually because of some, you know, I had some issues as a small child, and I didn't, you know, uh, I well, you wet, your, you wet yourself for a long time, so they didn't want you doing that. Yeah, at the I big wasn't table. presentable at right. the at the at the grown up table, so yes, but I've but I but you know, nonetheless, they didn't put me in the basement or the backyard or anything like that right. until the end of it. So I always had a seat at the table, so I seat get it. So we have a seat at the table today, and today we have several of, of I, what I would consider friends and also great automotive minds. A couple of the people I just mentioned, uh, forementioned, we have Matt Lasko and John Marazzi. They're going to be stopping by today. We're not going to be talking about things that we're going to be talking about on the panel. I don't want to get into that because it's too fresh. It's too close, yep. and I don't really want to get into that. We want to save it for the stage. But we will be talking about um, other things that are <laughs> – aren't you glad? They're going to be talking about other things. <laughs> And we have Matt The Keenan. specificity that we, we roll with. We're going to talk about other things. <laughs> it leaves it open. You know what I mean? Yeah. The floor is yours, people. We want to see some ideas. Why don't you hashtag AutoDeal Live and give us some of your ideas just throughout the show, just random. Always leave them wanting more. Well, we don't have any questions. So basically, yeah, basically we need your help. So actually, if you, you can help start, us out, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, we, we need you to start tweeting right away. We were selling like, hurry. all the way up till this, t- this show came on. Laura um, Madison is coming on today. Both. Lisa Copeland is coming on today. Fiat mastermind, mastermind, and not only that, man, she's incredible um, in general. What a what a great leader! And uh, Lisa's going to be coming on. We've got Matt Keenick, Bobby Heron, Carrie Wise with True Car is going to be coming on, and it's going to be an interesting discussion. I mean, look, this True Car, you know, uh, thing has been going back and forth. Matt's on uh, their dealer advisory, and he's going to be on too. So there's going to be some really good stuff. But I have a feeling that you know we're still going to get to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, just uh, just what's going on there. So I'm really excited um, about the show today. And uh, Mike, are we ready for commercial or panel? Panel. 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 The next up is panel one. Panel number one. How about that? We have John Marazzi. Boom. This brought to you by the next up. By the way, the next up is panel number one. John Marazzi, owner of Brandon Honda, one of the top Honda stores in the entire East Coast of the United States. Um, top. Honda store in the west coast of Florida. We have uh, no stranger to the show. John's going to be on the panel next week as well. We have Laura Madison. Uh, Laura, a superstar Toyota salesperson uh, for many years and uh, really, in my opinion, revolutionized social selling. Now she's helping dealers uh, learn how to uh, sell better socially. And we have Lisa Copeland, as Tommy mentioned, not only uh, Fiat of Austin, Fiat Rockstar, um, but also uh, leader and and speaker and uh, entrepreneur in general. Um, ladies, and then John, thank you guys for, for hanging out with us today. And uh, we're looking forward to just jumping right in and talking about a seat at the table. And, um, you know, Laura, let me ask you a question here. You know, I, in, you know, we, uh, 
I know John and you work with Alan and, and John is uh, you guys have worked together. I know John's friends with Alan and, and so forth and uses uh, Alan's training. So I know that you guys agree for the most part. And but I want to ask you, Laura, because um, in, in not we're not going to get on this and stay on this long. But when, just to touch on something that John, um, you know, John talked about, Laura, with branding, um, you know, and I know that. Uh, you're a believer in that. Why do you think, I mean, I just want to ask this to kind of go through that. Why do you think though, Laura, that um, dealers, okay, dealers have a problem with it. And I understand why, because in, I'm setting the question up this way. Dealers have a problem with it. I understand why, but do you think Laura, that it's, it's not really the problem per se, but it may be how some people represent themselves because I see some people out there that are quote unquote branding themselves that really, honestly, I wouldn't want representing me. Mm. Will you touch on that for a second? Yeah, you know, I think you've hit on a really key key point here is that there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. And I'm seeing a lot, unfortunately, of the wrong way. I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, really kind of either haphazardly or um, very strangely try and kind of brand themselves or promote their dealership. And I think some of, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, John, but I think some of John's concerns in the past were very valid. They were concerns like, hey, if I've got somebody advertising lease payments and they don't have a disclaimer, are they breaking the law? You know, is that something that I'm liable for? Or, you know, I'm paying for, for these leads and for people to come to Brandon Honda. You know, what kind of other messages are people putting out there about the company and the reputation? So I think, and again, John, I don't want to speak out of turn if I've kind of misspoken on any of those or if I was incorrect in understanding understanding your concerns in the past, but I think those are completely valid, and I think there's a lot of ways to combat that while still using kind of the power of personal branding and, and human presence on social media to benefit dealerships. John? Well, you know, I, I went to the Woman in Automotive Conference, and I listened to Laura's speech, and uh, she is absolutely fantastic, spot on, and completely gets the the blending of how to utilize social media, brand yourself, and and still do it in a dealer-friendly way. So I would encourage everyone to, to listen to her speak at Digital Dealer. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth your time and effort. And we've taken a lot of her suggestions and, and implemented it in our store, and, and we've had quite the response. So, you know, she, she definitely is cutting edge on, on how it should be done in today's market. You know, Lisa, kind of jumping in, and yeah, and, and uh, all of you guys are incredible. And and John, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. And you know, I'm sure you're you're you know you're a big boy. Obviously, you didn't get to where you are without you know uh, with everyone agreeing with you. Um, you, you, you know, there's differences in an opinion, and I'm sure there's going to be some that may disagree. But I think your point is valid. And and um, and I'm a proponent of social selling, huge huge proponent. And Lisa, I think that where where um, this goes, I mean, Laura teaches social selling, and she does a great job in training this. And I know they've just launched, uh, you know, uh, some amazing uh, product and so forth. And, and I just know how excellent Laura does as John, as John mentioned, but really the, the social selling that I'm assuming that Laura is doing is also not just, Hey, go brand yourself, but it's, it's represent yourself, you know? And, and so I think this, the thing that may spark fear, and if we don't, it's kind of like, if we don't bridge the gap between the dealers, such as yourself and John and those that want to brand themselves, you know, it, it can hurt both sides. However, the branders aren't the only ones that, you know, the dealers don't just need them. I think they need the dealers as well. 
and because obviously because there's the money, there's the there's the platform, and so to speak. So I think the fear, Lisa, may be you, the apprehension of saying, "Hey, what am, what's getting out there?" And hey, I'm a busy person. I don't have time to vet everything. I don't have time to babysit everything. And and so speak to that a little bit because I think that that's going to be a huge topic in 2016. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little shout-out to Laura and Alan Ram. We also at Fiat Alfa Romeo of Austin have uh, their training platform, and I think it's really valuable. But I'll tell you one of the things, and anyone who knows me and knows Fiat of Austin, I mean, we have built an, a whole machine on so much of it being social selling, but there's got to be a captain. There's got to be someone who who is watching because everything that goes out in the, in the universe nowadays and you know, when I hire salespeople, I tell them it isn't what we sell, it's what we stand for. And so forget if you sell a Kia or you sell a Toyota or you sell whatever, it doesn't matter. But one rogue salesperson, one rogue, let's face it, customer out there can absolutely destroy a brand or destroy a franchise. And so I think there's got to be very definite rules in place. I think there's got to be great training that you have your salespeople go. And I think yours is fantastic. Like I said, I'm, I'm an Alan Rand customer. This is, this is not a paid endorsement, but it's the only one I know out there. It's social selling the right way. And we have to hold people account, accountable to it. I have a very strict social media policy that you have to sign when you come in our employment. And, I mean, it is one strike and you are out. Mm -hmm. And end of story, because I have a brand to protect and I have a, I have a franchise to protect. And I think the dealers have got to really get their minds around that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know, one thing about it is um, the dealers were, kind, were so naive and everyone tells them social selling, social selling. But the dealers thought social selling was putting a, you know, a, 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 uh, a post out on Facebook and thinking or something out on Twitter that was cute or interesting. But, you know, social selling really is YouTube, Facebook, Pandora, and pre-roll. And if you, if you really think about that, the dealers need to have a comprehensive program about how to utilize those sources. And, and it's got to be part of your general marketing plan for the store. You know, we're doing we're, one of the best ROIs we're getting right now are both on Facebook and Pandora. And if you if you really think about what are people using, if you look at people's cell phones and say, well, what are they utilizing? They're checking their Facebook, they're listening to music, and we put structured, well, <coughs> excuse me, well thought out marketing plans together on those mediums. And when it's and when it's coming from your general you know, marketing plans, and it's not some ad lib, hey, throw something out there that are going to, you know, people will read. Uh, that's where we're starting to really gain traction on it. Let me I agree. I mean, we actually have a, a Facebook agency that only handles our social media now for Fiat of Austin, separate from that agency. Hmm. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I had a quick question. Somebody tweeted in and asked if the, this is actually from Candace Crane. She said, if the dealership brand is strong, does the sales rep really need to brand themselves as well? And I think that was just, um, I think that's, it can be answered a couple of different answer? ways. Sure. Sure. 
I saw that. Uh, this is Laura. I saw that tweet as well. And with all due respect to Candace, I mean, I just I think at, the answer is absolutely a sales rep really needs to brand themselves. And it can happen underneath the umbrella of the dealership. That's something I've said over and over, you know, to give the control. I, I don't disagree with Lisa that that one rogue salesperson can really destroy, you know, a dealership, a franchise. So we need, you know, often some level of control. But the reality of why personal branding is so effective and worked so well for people like me, you know, able to implement it is because people need humans. You know, our prospective clients, they need to make human connections in order to really start to build relationships and trust with us to make these big purchases. And very often, our over, you know, our umbrella of the dealership brand, it's not incorporating enough humans. And, and we really need that, you know, in order for, for social media and for social selling to really be effective. John, let me, let me, let me throw this back to you for a second. Okay, you're already, you're already a franchise of Honda. Lisa, you're a franchise of Fiat and Alfa Romeo. And so we have franchises. Are we and, I, and, and are we by by taking this to a hyper brand? Are we then splintering this into into maybe a discombobulated, you know, multiple brands so forth that may water down the dealership brand? I mean, I know that's the that's the fear there. Is there a, is there a limit? Is there a line here? Because you know, I mean. Um, you know, uh, companies, Starbucks, these companies out there brand themselves and they're, and they're even could be franchises, but then you don't see individual employees necessarily branding themselves. And then, then the second part of that leads into the second part of the question would be, is everybody, is everybody qualified to brand themselves just because they want to, you know, <laughs> now are we starting to get into an entrepreneur and are you really an entrepreneur? Because I don't know about you, John, but I failed in business, and I just couldn't stop. I'm a serial entrepreneur. You know, I failed, I failed, I failed, well, I failed. I kept going. Go ahead. Well, you're you're the best because I know you're trying to beat me into this again. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, a lot of what you just said is, is absolutely true. I mean, you know, not everybody comes off great on camera. Not everybody can present themselves in a professional manner. Not everybody uh, is running or has the ability to, to come off, you know, well. I mean, the issues that we deal with are, are compliance and legalities. I mean, you have Honda compliance now and, and the Honda uh, Ag Covenant. Toyota's now going to an Ag Covenant. There's different things you can or can't do. I mean, you literally could lose your dealer marketing money from Honda or Toyota if a price is under invoice and it's posted anywhere where your competition can see you and report it. So there, there are a lot of pitfalls to that. And, you know, and, you know, I talked about it before. I mean, the number one job a, a dealer has is to make sure salespeople make money. And, and part of that is to drive traffic. And that, that traffic is whether you're driving them to your website, phone calls, or walk-in traffic. And your people got to be able to make a living. Now, the panic comes in when salespeople are standing out front and they're trying to feed their family and the dealers cut back all his advertising. He's not doing, you know, dynamic display ads. He's not doing any internal variable offer marketing from the salesperson to their current customer base. These are the things where then salespeople scratch their head and go, man, I got to feed my family. I got to figure out a way to generate some action. And that's why they're going to the social in a panic. And then you have GMs hiding in their office that don't really want to get involved. So they're not looking at these things they're posting, and that's when things blow up. So, 
there, there, there's nothing wrong with, with individual marketing as long as it's structured, well done, and in the loop of what the dealer is currently doing. That, that was my argument before. Lisa? Yeah, you know, I, I'm all about, I'm, I'm fine if, you know, under our guidance, they want to do social marketing. I'm all about it. But as much money as we spend, the dollars a year that we spend in advertising to brand or to brand Fiat Alfa Romeo of Austin, um, I don't want anything to dilute from that brand because that is the brand that feeds all the families in the dealership, not just that one salesperson. So I'm lobbying then maybe we need you know, not that we need another position, but we might need, and I'm going I'm to be talking about kind of a little workshop plug, culture shock and, and talking about company culture, but we may need brand ambassadors, you know, at our, at our dealership, so to speak. And we could probably, we probably have that person, but we may need to add that to a job description because I'm seeing that, hey, this matters, but so does branding. And in reality, if I provide the opportunity and I provide, you know, to make money and to brand myself and have freedom and, and to, you know, to have somewhat control over a, a miniature business, so to speak, within, then I'm not going anywhere. If I can take care of my employees, they're not going anywhere. But there does need to be, as Lisa and both John said, some continuity. And just to shift gears here for a second, and we could uh, t- take this for the next few minutes, just kind of shifting and t- still talking about social. Um, you know, cradle to graves, it's, it's, it's you know, still hot and it's big and, you know, in, in, in layers and multiple layers and dealerships having, you know, uh, salespeople that have been there for a while that, that can't make the adjustment and they don't want to lose a, a salesperson that sells 20 cars and upset them. So there's a lot of tiptoeing around the tulips, so to speak. But moving into this, this uh, 2016 and, and looking at it, Laura, 60%, I saw something that recently on an, on a, on an article, 60% of mobile users. First of all, 83% of customers, according to NADA statistics that are in your showroom are looking at their smartphone. I think it's hundred percent. I don't know anybody that's not standing around looking at their phone if they're there long enough, but you know, the 83% are looking at their smartphone on while they're there. Okay. So 60% of these people statistics say will are liable to more, more likely to make a call from an offer online. They see from their phone, rather than respond via email or, or, uh, or through text or something of that nature. So here's my question. If I'm looking at it, if a customer's looking at these ads or looking at online and they would rather make a call, are we prepared at the dealership to really take this thing to the next level? And how does that look? And what do the layers, I know who you work for, but what do the layers need to look like, Laura, in 2016? How does that need to work in bringing in new salespeople and possibly transitioning out, um, those that won't change. Yeah, you know, I think you've hit upon, right before I answer it, I think you've hit upon something um, that I don't want to get away from any, but, or from anybody. We're not only talking about social, we're talking about trends. We're talking about what are our buyers doing. And social makes sense because our buyers, they're online. They're, they're looking for dealership Facebook pages. They're asking their friends across social platforms for recommendations. So it's important, but it's just as important for us to pay attention to what other trends are going on. I mean, like you say, you've got some fierce statistics. I saw a Google study saying that seven, uh, that a search search terms for dealerships' phone numbers are up 78% in 2015 versus 2014. So we need to be prepared, you know, from all angles of how do we convert? How do we get these customers from these different arenas into the showroom? You know, how do we really lay in a hook? And I think that's, that's a must-have, whether it's on the phone, whether it's on social media, whether it's answering an Internet lead. I was gonna say, I think that that's that uh, Google um, statistic you pulled up. I believe that was me. 
I think it was actually me. I, <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, Tommy's in our well, Tommy calls uh, dealers. Yeah, it? I call dealers a lot, and a lot of times I need to get direct lines and the you know, 800 <laughs> number on the website. So it happens. That is a pain. By it's the way, if, you're, if you sell dealers, you. if you sell dealers, a little trick that uh, if you do sell dealerships, that the number on the toll-free number on the website is going to go through the Internet department. Right. You're going to get screened. Yeah, yeah, you Find their area code. <laughs> Leases is 512, for instance. Find Fiat of Austin, phone number 512, and then up pops the number that you need to go to. John's 813, right. So John's we know. A, yes. Yeah, exactly. So we know how to get there. Yeah. So at least get to the <laughs> person. There you go. <laughs> so you're not talking to Elite or somebody, you know, hey, look. Robert. Oh, hey. So, so then you're not going to get weird. through. <laughs> it's like our sponsor. John, do you and Lisa want to weigh in on that? Yeah, you know, um, sorry about that. I was getting another call. But um, you're you're spot on with the question you just answered or you just asked because, you know, that's really what it's all about right now. Um, you know, there's there's really – you know, with an internet department, you can sub out the BDC, you could create your own BDC, you can do a cradle to grave. The fourth option is to rotate your entire sales team into that uh, internet department. But the number five one is something I've been talking about lately, and that's what, what I uh, term a reverse BDC. And if you really think about the car business, you know, the traditional model was you had floor closers, you had desk guys. You had all this firepower um, of managers waiting for the people to come in the showroom. The problem is they're not coming in the showroom anymore. So that little internet room where you have one manager, where you have you know a couple people sitting back there, it's the smallest room in the building, they're getting all your sales calls and they're getting all your internet leads. So my thought on the reverse BDC is why are dealers not putting the firepower where the action is? And Really, what should be happening in that Internet room, yes, you should have some BDC agents that are making some of the follow-up calls and some of the outbound calls. Yes, you should have cradle-to-grave guys, but you also should have managers, your retail managers sitting in that room. Campaigns should be telling, and this is what I was going to talk about a little bit more and more extensively at Digital Dealer, but you should have managers in there taking sales calls. You should be in your marketing telling people that they should be talking to, they're going to be talking to decision makers. And if you really look at what the millennials and the centennials want, that's exactly what they want. And, and that's what dealers should be focused on. Um, you know, I did a review with a dealer friend of mine the other day. He says, John, why, is my, why aren't I getting my unique visitors? Why aren't I doing the job I want? I said, first thing, let's pull your website up on a mobile phone. We pulled it up. It wouldn't even load. Wow. You know, then, then we pulled up a competitor of his that's complaining about business, too. He has a video sitting on his home screen. And to what Laura talked about, people want to get directions, get a phone number, book service, and search inventory. If that isn't the main screen of your mobile platform, I mean, you're missing the boat. So that's what dealers should be working on right now is that aspect of the business. That's good. At least real quick, I just wanted to ask you, I'm kind of switching gears a little bit, but um, Candace Crane sure. had talked, I don't know if, you, if you, it was the show you were on or where we had talked about the basically the elimination of the F&I uh, department, and she was a proponent of it. What, um, did you want to weigh in on that? Or did well, you have since any- we're talking about cradle to grave, and I mean, I yeah. think that pop, that kind of comes up in, in my mind. You sure. know, I mean, yeah, no, um, I, I like Candace. Candace is a friend of mine. Hi, Candace. I know you're out there tweeting. 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's something, especially smaller stores, you know, need to maybe start looking at and considering. I'm, I'm a smaller store. You know, I sell 120 cars a month. You know, it's something that could be that could be possible. Um, the bigger stores, I don't know that we could go away from it yet. I know Candace has pretty good solutions to do that. But I think as we look at a lot of things, right, uh, reducing margins and economies of scale and, you know, just the customer demanding these experiences and with the competitors like Carbon and uh, CarMax that are in the market, and that's how they do business, you know, and we're seeing their success. I mean, I think it's something that we need to um, just keep on our radar and see um, how that evolves because I am still an old-fashioned car dealer, but mm-hmm. I'm seeing what's, how, how the wave of the future is coming. And, um, you know, Candace is an innovator, and her husband's with Carvana, and they're innovators, and I'll tell well, you, the world's changing. And I said this, you know, John, I'll let you weigh in on that. And we got we have a couple more minutes here. But, you know, um, hey, listen, if you don't believe in what you're selling, then why get out of bed? And her husband's, you know, obviously an executive with Carvana, and, and she mm-hmm. uh, trains dealers, you know, along the lines of, you know, of uh, this one one price, one person. Uh, and and right. she believes in it. They believe that what the, you know. They believe what they believe, and so and it's crazy successful. You know, I mean, let's yeah. let's call it what it is. Carvana is very successful with it. So a- absolutely, you know? I mean, John. I mean, what what do you think though? I mean, is it? I mean, I know. What, what's your thoughts on that? Um, if you're talking about specifically the F and I process, mm-hmm. um, you know, I shop Q Auto, and they advertise one process, one person, but in reality, they have F and I closers. And they have a guy that comes over and takes the F and ITO, and he actually does the paperwork. So, you know, what people say they do and what they actually do. I'm not, I, I do know Carvana. I haven't shopped their process yet. But mm-hmm. I will say this. With, the, with, with credit and beacons and advances and terms and conditions, and, and not only that, but you've you got to make F and I profit. I mean, we're $1,500 a copy across the board mm-hmm. on new and pre-owned vehicles. Show me a company that has, you know, people from start to finish handling F&I that are $1,500 a copy. I don't, I don't think there's any of them out there, especially on the new car franchise side. Hmm. So that incremental profit is important, and it's important to generate. But really, it, I don't think people complain about the F&I process. They c- complain about the experience. They complain how long it takes. They complain about the transparency. They complain about the way they're treated, the attitude. They complain about having to come back and sign papers three or four times. So, you know, that's really where dealers should be focused on is the process and the quality of their people and the experience they deliver. You'll hear John Marazzi if you're going to be in Orlando next week. Um, He's going to be on the keynote stage uh, with us, the Great American Automotive Panel, and uh, along with Rick Reichart. Uh, Matt Lasco and Brett Oob. And uh, John, um, thank you for, for being with us. I know Laura, uh, let's give Laura and, and Lisa a chance to get some closing yeah. remarks here, and Laura can put a plug in for her. Like quick 30 seconds out of contact, you all that good stuff, ladies. Absolutely. So, uh, Laura. Um, I'm, I'm Laura at Laura Drives on Twitter. Uh, many of you guys have been tweeting throughout the show. I'd love to see that. And Alan and I will actually be speaking at, together at Digital Dealer on Wednesday at 1030 um, a.m. So super, super excited about that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody there. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm Lisa Copeland, and you can get me at Lisa at CarsHerWay.com or Lisa C. Copeland on Twitter. And uh, I won't be speaking until NADA. I'm doing a Women in Culture. So, awesome. Uh, I will not make Digital Dealer. I'm bummed, but I will be at NADA, so I hope to see everybody there. 
Awesome. Well, Lisa, you do a great, such a great job, and and uh, and I can't wait to. Also, I'm sure you're going to be back at the uh, Women in Automotive too. So, yeah, can't wait. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for joining you us, guys. and uh, that was panel number one. And uh, I hope you guys have a great day, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'll take care. Thank you. Tommy is awesome, man. And you know, um, smart people. Yeah, you know, there's Not so much people. to talk about. There's so much. Yep. Let's let's challenge our listeners as we get ready for um, a quick commercial break, and then we're going to jump right into panel number two. Let's challenge our listeners. Get on Twitter uh, as you are hashtag Auto Live. Get us, Mike. See if you can throw some of these, or Mikey, Kim, a couple of you guys, throw some tweets at us that you see. Give us your opinion on some of these things. I, I, some of the things that are uh, we're talking about. Any, any, really. There's so much that fits in between these two pieces of bread, right? Yep. I mean, we're talking cradle to grave. We're talking about social selling. We're talking about you know uh, uh, e-commerce. We're talking about the car business. That's what it is. There, yep. Somebody said, "Well, what are you going to talk about this week?" I'm like, the same thing. It, it, you know what? Listen, there's nothing new under the sun, so to speak. It's just what we do with the information that we have, which that maybe the elimination of the F and I. But department. you know what? Though the, here's the deal. That's just that's just innovation. That's just forward thinking or is yeah. it oh, we're yeah. going to have that discussion by the way Candace Crane Frank Lopes uh, Jim DeLuca and uh, a few others are going to be um, on D. our panel Tommy yeah there's no shortage of people talking about stuff so yeah so get us get, get us your thoughts on stuff guys keep tweeting hashtag auto deal alive like I said, there's actually more stuff that we can we can get to through that panel. But, yeah, but people have opinions. Will you look it up over the commercial break and bring a couple of little I juicy nuggets I cannot make up? any promises, but I will <laughs> do my best. Listen, don't don't miss. Don't miss panel number two, which is the next up. That's the next right up. After this, yep. Right after this break. Jason Rice from LotPop. Let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30% in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on. Trend reports. We look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at automotiverevolution.com, and our weekly video tips at increaseturn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself. Your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you.
Max Profit Selling, an easy to follow, buyer-friendly sales process that will give you the tools, skills, and confidence to consistently sell premium vehicles to delighted buyers. To learn more about selling the way your customers prefer to buy, please visit NoPressureSelling.com or call 1-800-515-0034. We're back, and my oh, hey. right headphone went out right when I said there. It came back on. Hey, we, all right, hey, we we are back. And hey. uh, what's up, T? Hi, everybody. I'm back. I I didn't even go anywhere. I've been here the whole time waiting for you guys to come back. Welcome back Welcome to back. our show. Our little panel number one. If you show. missed it, I would suggest going to autodealerlive.net or autotainmentnetwork.com and watching it. Um, when this panel is over. You know what I do, Dave? Not right now. Yeah, no, you're going to have to wait because it won't be loaded. Yeah. You know what I do, though? What? I subscribe to Auto Dealer Live's YouTube channel. Ah. And guess what I do? You what don't have it? to do that now, though. Go to our channel on Autotainment like Network or, yeah, you go subscribe there. Oh, well, yeah, there you, you go. You don't want to have like 50 different places. No, you don't. But panel number one with John Marazzi, Laura Madison, and Lisa Copeland was off the chain. Is that still like stylish to say off the chain? I don't think, I think it is. Antiquated. I we think need to come up with something age. else. Like, what's a, off the hizzing? That's not, no, that's even older. That's even older. What's something new? Dope. Dope is actually a throwback because dope is what they uh, what I used to say when I was a youngster. Things were dope, fresh. Matt Keenig will, will know this as well because of his age. He's somewhere right around you know we're somewhere in the same ballpark. I don't know, but he's you know he's somewhere. My daughter Matt, she's fifteen, is wearing freaking Adidas like Run DMC style, yep. white with a little black stripe. Those jokers. Yep. Someone stole them. She went to youth camp. Someone stole them. Stole them from, from youth camp. From a church youth from camp. From youth camp. Those things are like 120 bucks, 130 bucks on Amazon, man. You can't buy them. I think you go. So anyway, you go, you the go next up right now, we're going to move forward with and not talk about Adidas, but Matt Lasco, vice president and owner of Lasco Ford and Lasco of Graham Blank. Matt is mobile with us, and uh, he's on. We have Kerry Wise, VP of Dealer Engagement and Communications at TrueCar. We have Bobby Heron, director Dealer Marketing at Zmod Auto and Matt Keenig, CEO of Conoco and Buscador de Auto. Sound like I? It, it didn't sound kind of like you know, like so a little like bit. Knew, what? Like like you knew. When I said Actually, Buscador, Matt needs Busc- to settle. I think you should have rolled it. Busc- I, think, I think Matt okay. needs to settle an argument because David Villa pronounces his last name as Keenig and I pronounce it as Koenig. It's Keenig. <laughs> yeah, it's Keenig. You got it. Keenig. Right, yeah. oh, the man sh- with like four oh. last names. <laughs> And they all, you know what though? I'm just gonna start going by Matt. You Google them. Here's the beautiful thing about it. You miss. Yes, sir. What's up, Matt Lasco? This is Matt Lasco. I just gotta tell you, you know, next time we do this, if you're gonna put this crew together, will you just send the four of us down to the Bahamas or something? We'll call you from there because these are some people I wouldn't mind traveling with. Heck yeah! What you know? It's really cool, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. Hey, I'm there. I'm. Um, what's really cool is the four of you guys will all be together in one spot next week as well and that's going to be incredible um and i know all of you are are doing uh doing workshops and have stuff going on and we're going to talk about that too um i had a question for matt lasco matt did you grow out your hair bro i seen on the digital dealer website it's long huh i do i've got some real hair for once i grew out my hair too in the winter you know (laughs) okay i just want to make sure i gotta tell matt i gotta tell him matt though because matt's a good friend and a client for years and Matt, I got telling you because when we, we were putting together and helping you with some images for a digital dealer, you said, "Hey, use this pick." And you said, "My wife 
wants me to use this pick with the hair. So that's what you said. That's what he said. So he, he, well, he pulled the Well, you know, hey, you got to respect the proper people here. That's, that's who, whose opinion matters, right? <laughs> that's right. That's happy, right. Happy wife, happy wife, happy life. Well, that's that's right, Carrie. Ooh, ooh. Carrie, <laughs> speaking of Carrie, I want to ask you. I want to. I want to just throw the gauntlet down here. You, you, you're going to be All right. on our leading ladies uh, panel as well next week. Um, we're going to be doing that from the uh, from the floor there, and um, it's right next to the dealer lounge. How cool is that, man? Dealer lounge That's sounds awesome. like there's going to be dealers there drinking and hanging out, and you know what better way to have a you know a deal a, you know a cool discussion, but throwing this out there, and I want to I want to just ask this, kind of get it out in in the air a little bit, Tommy. I know you. you it's why about, why yeah. still okay it's still the jury out right with, with true car i mean let's just put it out there why why are dealers in 2015 why looking back and kind of looking forward kind of bridging the gap why have they been so intimidated what's the what's the deal why vendors and, and why is true cars like oh true car is going to be there oh true cars why well i mean we look historically and that that has been the case for for anything new that's been introduced to the market we can go back um, not even naming names, but we've seen that happen. Um, you know, our goal, our number one goal is to get quality customers to our dealership. I mean, bottom line. And we haven't always communicated that the best way. Um, I can just say right now that regardless of the past, I feel more hopeful for the future. We have new leadership in place um, that I think can help us articulate that better and help dealers really help us get our message across on how we want to partner with dealers and not be their enemy. And I don't think we've done a great job of that, you know, in the past. And, and, and so, you know, we take, we take credit for that. And then our, our goal right now is just to listen to dealers and, and to try to figure out how do we overcome that? How do we overcome that? Hey, David, can I speak in real quick? Just sure. as, a, as a person that I feel like uh, we, we, we looked at TrueCar negatively and have, have grown and embraced TrueCar. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the fact that every time the damn survey comes out and says, uh, how do people opinion uh, on different positions? Car salesman still comes up as this horrible person that they look at us like we're lawyers and 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 IRS guys, right? Right. Well, it, it, that all comes back from like 1978 through 82 car salespeople. So for whatever reason, it takes a long time in in, in our public eye for people to to lose you know lose that stigmata, but. As a dealer that, that has really embraced True Car and also been lucky enough to learn about them, I got to tell you that if you looked at them two years ago or you looked at them a year ago, you have to relook at them now because their hands, I think, were tied by a, a, an original a founder. And I think that the, the people within the company now can act on the way they want to treat their dealers. And uh, I've been utterly satisfied as a client, and I would embrace them because I think that they honestly are getting a cutting edge advantage over the other third party people that are getting fat and happy off of the dealers where true car is investing back into helping their dealers. I think at the end of the day, I, I, I would just add that, you know, um, talk, talk is cheap, you know, talk is cheap. And I can say all this stuff about what, what we are and what we plan on doing, but really the proof is in the pudding. And I think the next couple months for us with new leadership is listening to our dealerships. They're our customers. Um, and then figuring out what do we need to do um, to bridge that gap, bridge that misperce- the misperception that, that we, we truly believe is out there, and then do the right things by them well, who are ultimately their partners. That's it. That's it. You, you can't say bridge the gap, Carrie, because that's from our days at Edmonds. So I know you'll probably get a call from them by using bridging the gap is probably trademarked. 
So another another uh, fantastic third-party that dealers love, Edmund. You may not want to be, you know, stealing their thunder by saying bridging the gap. No, 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 why do you have to call me out like that? Why do you have to call me out like that? Because well, I have to call you out on something. You actually said something nice as True Car, which took a little bit of my thunder away because you know I've been such a big fan of True Car. So now that you said we're going to listen to dealers, now I just kind of have to watch and see. Is that it, Matt? She basically she dismantled you. She basically just she dismantled you. It's just really not it. I'm just trying to be nice to Carrie because we just started, and it's actually not Carrie. And you know, here's the deal: Matt Lasco actually won me over a little bit, though. On on the last thing we were talking about, True Car, and I only say a little bit because I like Matt. Um, But you know, the reality is this, and and we said it before too. We saw with our Spanish stuff. Dealers more and more keep saying. I'm kind of sick and tired of somebody being in the middle of me and my customers. So I, I think there's a place for everything, right? So um, there are many deals that things don't have a handle on how to get the customer directly in the door to them. Things don't have it figured out yet. And that's where a lot of third parties can come in and help. But because we had so many dealers even saying to us, even about our Spanish stuff, they said, listen, we, we don't want another freaking classified site. Can you just give us a website? And finally, they just went, okay, screw it. We'll just build websites for you. And guess what? Not only are they happier, but I really like I really like the revenue stream better. So it works. The dealers are happy, and they're happy to write checks. We're happy. Everybody's happy. So true car. I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, in the next few months because realistically, I don't hear more and more dealers going. I just love my vendors to be more vendory. I'm hearing them go. I just love them to get the hell out of the way so I can just connect directly with the customer. So that's always been our mission here as a classified site, and now even more so. But you know, I, I'll be curious to see what True Car does because in the past, I, I really hate. I still hate that damn Jeep commercial that I just saw at lunch today. <laughs> he went and goes, well, I got true to my Jeep, but he went to True Car and bought from the same dealer. And didn't feel like oh. you got screwed. I still can't let, stand. Let, let, I can't stand the marketing. Right, so that would be the big change. Let, let me throw. Let me throw let this me, out there first, Matt. Before this, hey, Matt, right, before you ahead, answer, let me just say one thing about the dealer. Danny Benitez the other day interviewed on his show um, that he has for Autotainment Network. He interviewed a customer. The old adage that I've said for years that a customer would rather go to the dentist than a car dealership. So going back to that stigma for a second, and I know that we have to change that because dealerships are different today, uh, for the for the most part. But he interviewed someone in a parking lot of a Walmart and asked them that question. Would you rather a husband and wife go to the dentist or a car dealer? She said the dentist. And it was funny, but I think people put it in their will. I literally think people put it in their will and pass it down and be like, you know, don't trust a car dealer. So I think that's where it comes from. And so, Matt, you're right. It is. It is. Where do they get it from? It's from the from the old days, so to speak. And I know you're working feverishly, Matt, along with a lot of other dealers that are that are leading the way to change that. And and. uh uh, you know, I'm going to let you, uh, co- you know, comment and, and say what you were going to say. But someone just tweeted out, Matt, um, the True Car, an ad person. I, I'm not really sure who they are. Said uh, um, I showed one of my clients the other day how True Car was my largest grossing lead provider. So I don't know. I'm going to let King. Yeah, there's, there's... Well, before before you say that, um, I would say with the True Car thing, in my opinion, as as a dealer to dealer person. The thing is, is that dealers are unforgiving. And so TrueCar has made, taken a step in the right direction by bringing in people who have past dealership mm-hmm. experience, changing out their management team, and ultimately, a lot of lead providers tick us off, you know, right? We don't always want to give them our money, things like that, but TrueCar really, I think we all know what the kind of downfall situation was and how it's got to come back, and they're working in the right direction. And I'm not talking about how these work. I'm just saying, in general, running a company. The leadership change was a must-do. 
and, and here's my point as a dealer, and, and I don't care if it's True Car or any of the other third-party sites. Keenig, I know you do an Hispanic thing. If you had a personal relationship with C-SPAN, and every person that, that watched C-SPAN, their IP addresses were shared with you, and you were able to offer a service that connected dealers directly to those people, then you would capitalize on the opportunity. Well, TrueCard developed relationships oh, that allow. All right, so TrueCard developed relationships that allow us dealers to connect to someone we could not physically. There is no way to connect to. And here's the example: today, I'm delivering a two-car deal that has all had to go on through the mail, back and forth, and everything else to Korea with power of his attorney and blah 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 to an active military mom who is coming back to the United States. She doesn't live anywhere near me. Her daughter lives about 40 miles from me. They both, the daughter came up, test drove the two cars, picked out what mom wanted. We had the best true car price in Michigan. The mom did credit apps online. We then did a, a, a FaceTime with mom to go over the terms, the conditions, and everything else so she was comfortable. This was at 3 o'clock in the morning Michigan time in order to talk to her in Korea, right? And I'm delivering two brand new Fords to her today that I could not, there is no way that Keenig, you'd have to spend a hundred grand just to find that lead to have found me that deal. And that's what, that's why I, well, I think it's awesome going to vanish. You know, well, so I don't it, think they'll vanish. I really don't. I, I don't think they will. And, and that's but not that's what I'm the, getting at. I guess my, my big thing with true car. Everyone else can talk to USAA or talk to C-SAN or something. So no, no, no. That's why you, you hit it on the head tool. with that. Go ahead, Matt. Well, and I don't. I'm not they saying that that's that really that My, my thing with True Car. One Matt at a time, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my thing with True Car is All really right. more the advertising structure that's perpetuating the stigma, right? So, like, like Village just said on a minute ago, right? Danny Benitez asked her, "Where is freaking Walmart parking lot? You want to go to the dentist or a car dealer?" And she's going, I, "I'd rather go to the dentist." Well, that sucks, right? So, True Car does have some great things like you just brought up, right? They connected you with somebody. And that's why I said I'll be excited to see the direction they're going. The biggest hope that that I can say as someone who was on the dealer side for a dozen years and on the vendor side now is that I just hope the marketing changes because in the past, the marketing always had this undertone that if you walk directly into the dealer, you're not safe when it comes to a deal. Yeah. That's the only thing. And I know that they do the commercials nice and you know, they're both still having fun with their Jeep in the dirt. But at the end of the day, the one guy got his ass screwed. And the other one was good because he wants a true car first. And that's the thing I hope that they change in the marketing is so that they don't make dealers look like jerks. At the end, they just go, hey, we've got a network of great dealers that you can hook up with, like last before. That's all. So I'll be sure to see that, the marketing. And so Carrie Wise being involved, I believe, change for the positive. So Carrie, how do they do and that I then? That. You're welcome for that. So Matt, and, and I, got, and I, got, I want to answer that regarding the marketing. I mean, he certainly, um, I, I certainly hear where you're coming from. When you look at our direction and where we plan on taking our marketing is really about highlighting the dealer, highlighting the fact that it isn't just about price, it's about the experience. And the fact that if you go to a true car dealer, you're not going to have to start over from the beginning. They're going to know where, where you are. You already went, you're on step four of the sales process, and they're going to pick the deal up for the deal up. And, and so that's really our, our, our direction going forward. I want to say something about, like, the Matt and Matt thing here. Uh, yeah. Matt, so I think that the reason that you were able to do what you did is because you focused on the customer experience. FaceTiming the customer at 3 a.m., 
course you're going to nail the deal. And that's what comes down to, I, one of the most frustrating things for me coming in and out of a dealership is when I hear people say, oh, that mean course is no good. Oh, that, oh, like, cause what, they're pulling one group of customers who's no good? No, you're not handling it right. And, and so when a lead, and I don't like to call them leads, I like to call them in-market buyers. And when an in-market buyer is handled appropriately with a good experience and a solid process, I don't care if the lead source is the garbage man, you're going to close the deal. And, and you guys, Lasso, are really good about that. I mean, you dominate in our market. I'm in your market. So I completely uh, I agree with you on the way that you handled it, and that's why that deal was so easy to, to process. And I can see where Matt's coming from, too, being a tax dealer myself. Let me throw this out there, and you car guys can can uh, you, Bobby, you and Matt can 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 kind of debate on this too. Um, you know, in, in, in what do you, what's your thoughts on um, does transparency or too much transparency, whether it's true car or 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 anything that's really out there, does it? And I know Matt's answer already because he's going to say I'm so freaking good and our team's so good because we train and so forth that we overcome that. But does it? Does so much transparency um, hurt? gross profits let me give you an example my wife we just we bought a, a few months ago um and it was a specialized car and so forth but we i called a buddy of mine uh she bought an srt uh, grand cherokee and we were paying cash for it we were going to buy so I'm, I'm in the car business but i've gotten screwed <laughs> i've gotten screwed more than anybody else in the last like you know, like my friends were like oh hey what's up buddy boom they made like seven grand or whatever you know so it's like I, I called my buddy up, you know, Marsh Bice, and I said, Marsh, and he went on True Car. He actually texted me, you know, the freaking, you know, I shouldn't be saying this, but I just threw out his, anyway, texted me the information. <laughs> I walked in that dealership and undressed that guy, told him this is what I'm going to pay, and I walked out. There was only 10 cars, Matt, in a 100-mile radius, and I walked out with the exact price that I wanted to pay. And Marsh said, this is what you should pay. Hey, was this your way to talk about your new 750 BMW? No, yeah. I didn't do that. At least, at least, I didn't do that. I get, I got screwed, I'm sure. I paid... Now, okay, you can well, review the Periscope you, on that, I believe. Yeah, you can here, review the Periscope. The, the guy pretty much told me full sticker. <laughs> and they was like, thank, thank you. I was like, thanks a lot. Oh, I love it. Good job. <laughs> David, I would tell you, and just because of that statement, just for fun, please, the same thing that I told my mom the last time she bought a car. You're going to get screwed. You made a choice and a decision. And if you didn't do your research, and that's on you, baby. But with that being said, um, you said that to your mother. In terms of the transport, <laughs> what the heck? I, yeah, I didn't use the baby part, Jeez. but no, I told her she didn't ask the questions. You know, but we point. had this discussion recently about people people buying cars. And here's the thing: like you just said, you know, you went in and paid exactly what you wanted. No, you didn't. You went in and paid exactly what you found online that you thought was an available option because True Car provided it for you. And if True Car was priced a thousand dollars over invoice, you would have thought that that was a perfect deal too. So it's, it's really a perception issue, and that leads, segues right into that transparency question, which is, if you are a dealer who is fighting transparency, what do you think that you're, I mean, what do you think you have that they didn't find online? The price of the cars, the trade-in value, the availability, the leases now, the only thing we ever had in the last couple of years that was ours for control was the trade-in value, and auto traders jacked that right out on a boom, here's a direct. So... It doesn't, the transparency isn't something that somebody should be afraid of, but knowing your customer, reading them, and knowing what you have to provide for them, that's the difference between um, being able to kind of hold that growth and, and not, is knowing who you're working with and tailoring your experience. <clears throat> Matt, you want to weigh in on that? It, did it help yeah, me or did it help the dealer? Did it help us both? I mean, you know, I feel, I feel yeah. better about it. <clears throat> I don't think it's uh, – here's, here's what everybody misses. Gross or profit – 
comes from supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when when I'm abundant with inventory and I know the factory is going to hit me for another wholesale and I'm going to need more of everything and I want to earn allocation, then I'm willing to sell vehicles cheap. But the true car tool also yeah. lets me raise my price in 13 seconds. So when I'm finally running out of 2015 F-150s, let's say, then my price is going to go up based on the supply. And, and I think that mm-hmm. people miss the fact that you're in control of everything. And I, like, like uh, I, I don't know if it was Carrie or someone mentioned the fact that they look at it as an in-market opportunity. I've, I, I've said a hundred times on this show that all I want to do is meet someone because I will earn their business if I get to meet them. And mm-hmm. it's a medium to meet people. So, no, I don't think it affects my gross profit at all. You just heard me well, say I, I wanted to look that was the lowest price yeah. in Michigan. So but, it, but I so couldn't it, win it, that it, deal if I wasn't, but it lets me get all the other change. deals. It, it lets you earn yeah, the inventory, it lets you hit a volume bonus. Yeah, yeah, and, and if I, I can jump on, if I can jump well, carry, on, carry, carry, actually, about, yeah. piggy, piggyback off that, but is it just, is it just that it's yeah. change? Is it change, Carrie? They're scared of change. Is that what it is then? I mean, well, I was, well, certainly, I mean, I think it, it you know, when, you, when it comes to transparency and, 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 and putting the information out there for the consumer, I mean, I think there is some hesitation, right? You're, you're, you're having to compete against other dealers, but here, here's, I want to go back to something that, that Matt said and, 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 it, and he was talking about his pricing strategy and monitoring it and supply and demand and I think you know what I'm going to talk about a digital dealer is that you know pricing transparency it's not about just throwing some price out there you have to constantly monitor that you have to monitor supply and demand it's not about setting a price and forgetting it and um, and that's something that we constantly push our dealers to do is it's one thing to have a price but you have to monitor that price at any given time to make sure that you're seeing what the competitor in the market is doing. And and that's important. I have another really good pitch ploy, whatever you want to say for, for a dealer that's questioning this. Matt, I have a great Matt Keenan, by the way, is about to explode. His face, his face is, is his face is purple. Red. Dying. Dying. Wow. My, uh, <laughs> I have a guy that, that's down in Texas. I was in, I was in one of the better 20 Ford 20 groups in the nation, right? Mm-hmm. The single yes, highest new car gross per vehicle guy is in Texas. And he is actually a one low price dealer. And here's the facts. They took and analyzed every transaction and figured out about how much they were selling as a ratio over invoice. And they cut the fight with the customer and at where their average transaction price is. So by doing that, they're number one to a price quicker and the negotiation becomes less harsh. And two, they've shown a big discount, but still held some great profit. Well, true cars the same way is you don't go back and forth time. This is where I'm getting to. If you check any survey in the auto industry in the last 12 months, they will tell you the most important thing to change is the speed of transaction on a car deal and true cars and third party leads and, and, and things that provide a price fast that with transparent rebates and transparent trade offers allow a dealer and a consumer to complete a transaction quicker. And that's a missed value. The goal is to have a speedy transaction. And that's one of the tools that we use that, that for. I think part of that, too, though, is that the goal is to manage your business. I mean, you know, you hear all these people, you go into dealerships or you work in a dealership, you work for a group, and I still work for a group even as a vendor. And I hear people say things like, oh, I can't hold any gross. Oh, I can't 
Well, do you know your market? Are you are you buying and acquiring vehicles the right way? Are you selling them at market value? Because if you can't work digital and you can't sell cars online and you're saying you're not making any money, you're not doing it right. It's, it's not about anymore yeah. saying, I'm going to price a car six grand higher because I've had it for zero to 15 days. Like, it's pretty basic. Price to market. Merchandise your stuff and make your digital showroom a priority. And if you do, those things start to go to the side, and then you focus on processing people and all those Absolutely. elements. We we have to wrap up, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you guys each a couple minutes to, and we're starting with Keenan because he's been waiting. Um, and we're starting. Yeah, please we're, let him talk. Yes, we're go we're go uh, we're go Keenig, and then we're go um, we're go Bobby, and then we're go um, Matt, and then we're in with you, Carrie. We'll let you get the uh, final word here. And then what I like you guys to do at the very end of your comment is, since you're all speaking and you have workshops going on, um, let us know when they are. And uh, so we can, uh, so our listeners can can uh, schedule those into their agenda. So we'll start with you, Matt Keenick. First, thanks for thanks again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, here's one thing I just want to touch on really quick, and that is, I've heard the word transparency said probably a half a dozen times in the last 35 seconds, and and it's it's almost getting uh, that word this past year has almost got as annoying as the sentence, let me be honest with you. You know, I, I, Matt Lasko lives it. So when he says, you know, when you're talking about on the website, you need to have transparent pricing, transparent. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying that the word, is, it's, it's, it's wore out. Yeah. So whether it's true car, whether it's, whether it's anybody, how about don't say it, just do it, right? Like if your shit's straight up and you're legit, just be legit. Show people what you got. You don't have to tell them you're going to do it. And touching on what Bobby said about gross property, here's the thing. I don't know what happened that all of a sudden, I think it was fear from marketing or third-party vendors or whatever, but dealers, many dealers have this fear that it's not okay to say, I'm worth the money. I'm worth doing business with. I'm worth paying a little more for. We don't need to be afraid of making a good living if we're really truly taking care of people. I'll tell people right now, if you want me to come and speak to your dealership and you're not Matt Lasko, cool, no problem. If I'm going to fly in, this is how much it's going to cost you. That's a lot of money. Don't, don't bring me. But I don't fly out there for free. I'm not Mother Teresa. I'm worth it. Keep the same people talking. Keep losing your ass. It doesn't matter to me. It's not my store. We can't be afraid to ask for money if we deliver a great service to people. So dealers, you've got a great product. You've got great staff. Be proud of them and, and make enough money so that you can service these people after the sale. As far as digital dealer goes, Wednesday morning, 930, I'm bringing it back to basics. You know, everything in the sales process starts with actually knowing the fundamentals. So I'm going to be helping dealers know what are the basics to even getting started with reaching Hispanic buyers. So Wednesday morning at 930, I'll be doing that. And then March 21st, though, make sure you guys hook up. Mike Davenport, a lot of rock star automotive people that are killing it right now. Jennifer Briggs, some absolutely amazing people. We're doing the first ever virtual automotive sales conference. So go to rockstarautoconference.com and check that out. Because March 21st, you'll be able to hook up. And for 49 bucks, if you don't buy a virtual ticket, you need a helmet. Because you'll make some money, so you better have got. Well, simple. All right, Bobby. Like I made it simple for me. So, uh, in response to Mr. Koenig, who's a great friend of mine, and often we disagree, but we still adore each other. I'm going to say that before I say this, but um, I think that's a cop out. I think it's old school to say that somebody's going to pay more because they like you. I I believe that people will pay more because of the experience, but you first have to offer that transparency. I do not have the right as a dealer to ask a customer to do something or ask a question when I have not answered the ones that and when you're in that mindset it's a problem and that is the transparency part as much as we don't like that word. 
Um, but then I think you have the opportunity to tell the experience to the consumer where they may pay a little bit more and not have to drive to another dealership. But I think we kid ourselves if we believe that we are as an industry at a level of experience that we should ask for somebody to pay more. So um, that being said, <laughs> uh, I have just joined ZMOT as the director of dealer strategy, and I will be doing my first ZMOT presentation at Digital Dealer on the first day in the morning, uh, right after keynote. So please come see me. I'm going to be talking about how to hire and uh, recruit, retain, and connect with the right people for your dealership. I know a lot of speakers are really known for one topic. I'm all kinds of universal. So this year, in the beginning, that's my focus, and I'd really like for you guys to join me during that. And you can check us out at our booth at booth number 936. Awesome. And I hope to see you there. Mr. Matt Lasko, talk to us. <laughs> well, I... Uh... First off, I appreciate all the time. Uh, I love catching up with you guys. Uh, uh, Matt and Carrie and Bobby, thank you very much for sharing the moment. Um, I will be down okay. at Digital Dealer. I speak on uh, January 20th. It's Wednesday at 930. Kind of a unique session. Uh, I switched my topic around this time around. I'm going to talk about trying to convert the mindset of managers into coaches. And this is something that I don't care if you're a sales rep, a sales manager, a general manager, or a dealer. I assure you I'll give you a few points that you can take back that can help change the way you're looking at how your business is being run and also help maybe give you some benchmarks on what it really takes to make some of the changes or progress that you want to do within your company. Um, it's definitely a sales strategy uh, opportunity, and I'd love you to come see me. And then I'm uh, going to sit with David and a couple of great car guys on uh, the keynote. What, what, what's that time, David? It's Wednesday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Wednesday at 5 o'clock. So come check that one out. I, I know that I'll be the smallest brain in the room, so you'll get more info from the other guys. I'll just sit there and, and give me my two cents. Actually, if I'm in the room, you will have one on me, Matt. So <laughs> that's the encouragement. I'm just here for looks. Um, so awesome. So, um, Carrie Wise, you have the last word. Oh, wise one. Awesome. Thank you so much. You, I, thanks for having me on the show, you guys. And I'm, I'm on Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Um, sorry, Matt Koenig. I'm, I'm using a word that you hate, which is embracing transparency beyond the price quote. <laughs> but um, it, you know, it's very much, my topic's actually very much in line with what we're, we're talking about now, which is that transparency isn't about just an upfront price. It's so much more. It's your pricing strategy and how you're monitoring that. It's a value you, br you bring. And without that, Transparency can't be successful, and so um, I'm going to be touching on that, sharing stories like, like the story you heard from Matt Lasko from dealers that are successful in terms of being transparent, but also making money while they're doing it. So hope you guys can come Tuesday, 9 o'clock. Um, if you need to reach me at all, I'm on Twitter, KKWise11, and uh, look forward to hearing from all of you guys. Outstanding. Well, Beautiful. thank you guys for stopping by, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys all uh, next week. And uh, incredible discussion. It's always thought provoking. And uh, Matt, you were uh, Matt Keenig. You know what? I appreciate you coming on there, man. Sitting right there in the middle. If you can see our screen, like the Brady Bunch, so right in the middle, like Alice. And you know, got, got ganged up on, man. We're, see, we're looking down right now at you. You got ganged up on, man. You know what? That's our. You, you held your own, baby. 
You know what? I could take it. I could take it. You know, that's why I started boxing because I figured I should learn how to take a few punches because that way when I come back, just like Rocky Balboa or like Creed, I can just take everybody out in a moment's notice. Paulo Creed died. <laughs> Watch your back. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, his son. Uh, his son, bro. Watch his son continued on. Yeah, I know, but Apollo Creed died. That was a horrible, horrible analogy. Should use somebody else. Rocky would have been Why? great. You left it at Rocky. Rocky's still built son. 70 on you know steroids and everything. Fine. I'm like the Italian stallion. There you go. Just you know what I love about uh, you know what I love about Matt Knight? He has the ability to form a relationship with people and continue a friendship and separate business and personal. We disagree and agree on the same amount of topics, and it's always nothing but you know, mad love afterwards and much respect. So I, it's called I, alcohol. I, I, about you, Matt. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not what his tweet you know, just said, I but whatever. He was going to say, do you know what I love about Matt Koenig? Everything, and just leave it there. But hey, Matt, I think what you said. Hey, Matt, delete that tweet and, that you just sent out. I know, that Bobby was, will that change your right. mind when she reads it. Oh. <clears throat> that's All not right. how you spell that either, by the way. That's not how you spell that. <laughs> well, Matt Lasko. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and wor- working at True Car for the last six months and knowing Matt from a former life, I completely agree with you. You just said in terms of separating business and friendship. He's hey, a guy. one thing I will say, Carrie. Hey, Matt, Matt Lasko. One thing I will say. One way, Matt Keenig will put a tutu on and stand up and do a true car commercial if they ever bought his Love company. It. Hey, if they ever bought his company, all of a sudden you, 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 you'd hear him walking out going, "True car, they're freaking phenomenal." Man, let me tell you something. The best people Nothing you know about me is that that is not true. No matter how big that check is, if I don't embrace it, I won't dare. Matt, you can buy him. Oh, I love you, though. I love you. I'll have the tutu ready at Digital Dealer. I'll oh. have that tutu ready for Woo. you. Wow. Nice. All right, guys. Oh, I don't thank know you. where we go from there. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Safe travels. See you later. Have a good weekend, Bye. everybody. That was awesome. That was fun. The thought I got it. of MK in a 2-2. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> disturbing, to be frank. You know what? I, actually, I, I, I concur with him on the transparency thing. Also, the let, let me be clear. Somebody says, let me be clear. <laughs> let me be clear. Makes Let's be honest. Blood shoot out my means. eyeballs. Huh? That's what transparency means. Let me be clear. Or let, let me be, be cl- transparent or clear. Oh, transparency. Or in other words, you're going to be completely lying to me right now. That's what you mean Let's by be being honest. transparent? Let me be a window. Let me be honest, because I've been lying to you for the last five minutes. Yeah. But let hey, me be honest. You know what? In all honesty, and to tell the truth, everything else I said was a lie. <laughs> but to be completely frank with you, because yeah. I've been BSing you the whole rest to of the time. To be completely frank with you, because I was being Bill. You ruined it. Huh? No, that's good. That's all right. I'm good with that. So what that's else are we me. doing? Is that that's it? We are uh, way we, over. We no one's show? listening anyway right now. We got one person. Everybody else. Said My me. wife will be watching this. Be a she usually fa- goes to the f- beginning listening. and the end because that's the only time I really talk. Yes, you talked more. You talked more today. What, 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 Did I talk? No, you, well, you're oh. good. I don't know. I, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, hey, help it. let me interrupt. Um, let me interrupt Mozart while he's. I don't like doing the show by myself. Oh, I don't at all. It doesn't feel right. No, that's what I'm... Arnold Terrina, I want my monster mic bobblehead. He's got some... He's got a... Um, we'll uh, see you next he's week, He's got a digital dealer, right? He's yes, got a, he a, a session or something? He yes. does have a session. Does he want us to tell it? Did we talk about it? Who? I don't know. He has a session. Me? I don't know. Dave What's does, actually. Oh, yes. you're talking about Arnold. No, yes. Arnold has a session. He was asking... Tuesday, I guess he was, do we my session it? doesn't interfere with any of those that you saw on screen. That's good. Tuesday, is it 3 micro? 3.30. 3.30 p.m. Ah. Tuesday... Culture shock. I'm going to be talking about how to develop your dealerships and your company's DNA. Oh, DNA. Yeah. You get deep with it. That's the thing we all know about Dave. I work with him all the time. The guy guy gets deep. You're going to get to experience that at Digital Dealer. 
Uh, oh, you didn't say that. that. And if you follow it. Dave, I'm so sorry. Forgive As me. soon as that workshop He's married, finishes well. up, he will be running with me back to our booth because we have a live panel at 4:30. Yes, I'm going for the basically for the hotel and the per diem <laughs> that we haven't discussed yet. <laughs> my per diem. Yeah, you don't get any. Guy makes oh. like. You have to make it to your third like, conference. Guy makes like seven grand a week. I require he needs a only per brown M&M's, roast beef sandwiches. And you'll get none of it. To my room. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Arnold, I know you and Bobby are still with us, and we want to thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. We That's out, nice guys. God bless Peace. you. Good night. See you next week. <laughs>